our podcast about linking teaching and research in HE. The aim of this podcast series is to explore the benefits and experiences of linking research and teaching for staff and students. We will discuss a variety of examples highlighting the richness of such practices, focusing on how research can enhance teaching, as well as on how teaching can enhance research. This podcast builds on the existing scholarship around the relationship between research and teaching. We'll be bringing in colleagues, both within UWE and externally, who are beacons of good practice. We'd like to develop a narrative that can help colleagues understand what linking research and teaching could mean for their practice. The first podcast is about the stories, experiences and scholarship in this area by the four of us who are part of the podcast team. My name is Catherine Hobbs. I'm a Professor of Mathematics and I'm Associate Dean for Research and Enterprise in the Faculty of Environment and Technology at the University of the West of England in Bristol, which we will henceforth refer to as UWE. I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm joined by three UWE colleagues. We have Dr Emma Whitecamp, co-director of the Science Communications Unit at UWE. We've got Dr Danette Sakel, Director of Student Experience in the Faculty of Arts, Creative Industries and Education at UWE. And we have Dr Petya Petrova, Associate Director of Academic Practice at the Academic Practice Directorate. So the focus of today's podcast is to set the scene um, and talk about what we can expect from future episodes. So I originally come from a research perspective. I started off uh, my academic career as a researcher, but I found that I really enjoy teaching and that for me, the two things, research and teaching, enhance each other. And I particularly enjoy using my research skills to to bring to bear on my teaching and thinking of teaching as a research question that I'm trying to answer to which I can apply my research skills. So reading the literature, designing, evaluating new approaches. And I find that really enjoyable and fun. And uh, luckily the students seem to enjoy it too. So um, I've had a long career of teaching and I've experimented quite a lot and um, have been recognised for my teaching um, as a National Teaching Fellow in 2019. So that's the perspective I'm coming at um, this from originally a researcher, but really enjoying my teaching. But the other perspective is that I find that um, undertaking teaching really enhances my research. So there's no better way for me to understand something than to have to teach it. So first of all, I have to be able to explain it really clearly to people who don't have the background in it. And then I have to be able to answer questions that might come from quite left field areas from my students I have to know my subject inside out and that really helps me when I'm trying to do research. I don't have to go look things up in, in those areas. I know them inside out and that can apply straight away into my research. That's where I'm coming from. Emma, would you like to uh, kick off and say what your interest is? So my trajectory is a little bit different. I originally come from practice and worked in science communication for many years before deciding that actually what I really enjoyed was mentoring staff. So I came to teaching from the perspective of of doing, um, but enjoying the working with with people that kind of linked into training, then linked into teaching. So I came with relatively little research experience. And for me, Uh, teaching was probably the route into research rather than the other way around. Some of my first publications were publications with research students undertaking a master's degree at UWE. Um, And that gave me the confidence and the skills and the publications that are needed to then start to apply for funding. 
on my own. So for me, there is a real intimate link because the the drive, if you like, came from that sort of that teaching side of things, which has then kind of allowed me to develop a, a research interest that's very closely aligned to practice. So I've kind of brought the three of them together. And I find now that one of the things I really enjoy is when I'm undertaking a research project and that research gives me ideas for teaching. Um, and so I see a really close link here between my research, where I'm talking with practitioners, I'm thinking through questions about how we communicate, and then I suddenly get the aha moment, there's a zang on a minute, this is something I could actually translate into teaching. So that's one area for me where the, the sort of link between research and teaching comes. Um, and then the other side is that, that, of course, your students are forever asking questions and those questions lead to research questions. Uh, and so I find the two really work very well together um, as a way of kind of uh, helping me to focus my research, but um, also helping me to see where the benefits between the two areas are. Shall I hand over to Jeanette? Thanks, Emma. Yeah, my, my background is different again. So I started off as a pretty much full-time researcher. I um, studied in Germany and then in Denmark, linguistics. I also did some Finnish and, and various other languages and then um, embarked on my PhD, uh, got a scholarship at the Max Planck Institute uh, in Germany to do fieldwork on Amazonian languages. So I, I went off and did fieldwork and wrote books and uh, many articles and then um, became a postdoc, first uh, in the Netherlands at another Max Planck Institute, and then I moved to Manchester, where I was a postdoc for about five years, approximately, and again, continued working in the Amazon and, and worked on other research um, projects. But I, I always enjoy teaching, so I try to teach um, in between. And when I was a student in Denmark, I already taught various lectures, and then in Manchester, etc. When I got a job at UWE in 2007, um, I became a senior lecturer in linguistics, and it really turned around. I so enjoy teaching. I put a lot of effort into my teaching, and my research was there, so my research was always sort of the basis of my teaching. But much of my interest um, became my teaching and the pedagogy behind what I was doing and I still published a number of uh, research articles and books etc but I then went into the pedagogy of things writing textbooks for students and eventually um, making short introductory videos to to areas that students always struggle with students quite often can't access research because they don't understand very you know basic terminology or very basic aspects so i found it really important to be able to translate the complexity into something very simple um, and um, that was the basis of my application for a national teaching fellowship about five years ago. So like Catherine, um, I hold a national teaching fellowship uh, and that really has opened doors in, in quite a number of different ways. So um, my teaching focus still has the research as the background, but really the uh, trying to, to, to bring new knowledge across uh, and uh, enthuse students to uh, the uh, whole world of research is really what, what, what I enjoy. And for four years or so, I've been director of student experience in my faculty. So now I work both with the sort of strategic planning of, of, of teaching, um, uh, etc um, and uh, the facilitation of teaching but research is at the uh, at the back of my mind uh, and is underlying everything that that I'm looking at so I'm looking at teaching through the research lens 
Let me pass over to Petia. I have also been uh, in the position where I would have taught modules that were not my areas of expertise. Where in early in my career, I used to teach tourism marketing. My PhD was on tourism employability, and I had masters and undergraduate uh, degrees that supported my expertise in the area, but I didn't have that depth. And at the time, what I did is I really structured a lot of authentic assessments in our modules. I did um, a lot of uh, industry-inspired dissertations. I was also the dissertation uh, module lead. So at the, uh, after the first and the second year of our students engaging is in, in local and international business-led briefs and assignments, I had a range of case studies that enriched my work in terms of practice-based um, I was much more comfortable in the area, and indeed, my students and I had shared publications, collaborative publications as a result of this work. So I have seen how uh, research can enrich the student experience and also can enrich my own practice as an academic. But that's also only part of the story. Aspects of my career involved leading an institutional research-informed teaching strategy. That's, again, over 10 years ago. At the time, we had about three quarters of a million worth of funding within my institution at the University of Bedfordshire. And um, we supported individual academics, um, departments to engage in projects and research and initiatives to bring, bring research and teaching closer together. So I have really in-depth uh, understanding of how this might vary across disciplines, across departments, and the variety of richness of benefits we can pursue um, by, by linking research and teaching. And finally, and most recently, I was um, teaching on a PGCAP at the Postgraduate Certificate in Academic Practice at the University of Birmingham. And I was not only reading or leading or designing higher education research modules, which was supporting colleagues designing, education research and uh, researching their own practice. But I was also teaching a module that had research-informed teaching as a key theme. And I became really interested in how we can support early career academics to create their own narrative about what research means to them, what teaching means to them, and how these two activities are best linked to respond and reflect their values and interests and passions, but also solidify the career so that they keep in mind what's important to them in their academic practice. So this is just a whistle-stop tour. I've cut out a lot. Um, at some point, we might talk about the junior research institutes that we um, did in Bedfordshire, which was about student-led consultancy work that was kind of mirroring the research institutes that, that we had there. Uh, which was also quite an interesting um, part of thing. And of course, the link between research skills and graduate skills and graduateness and employability. So ultimately, research and teaching and how we link it is about what university we want to be, what department we are, what the academic career we want to be. So it permeates at every level and, of course, influences greatly student experiences. I'll pass back to Catherine. Well, thanks, everybody. What a variety of different experiences. It's, uh, I think this will be quite a fruitful conversation, um, and I hope that our future conversations with the contributors we've all selected will help to tease out some of these areas. I think, bringing back to what Patty has just said about what kind of 
university we want to be. The University of the West of England has long had a strategic um, imperative that we should have research enhancing our teaching. It was in our, our strategy 2020, it's in strategy 2030. Um, we want to do this, but often I find when I ask colleagues, how are you putting research into your teaching? How are you linking the two? They love to tell me about, well, I've got a final year student who's doing a project based on my research. We're going to get publication out of it. That's great, um, fantastic. But what about all the other ways in which we could have that crossover between research and teaching? When I was an undergraduate, I was aware of research going on in my department and I got interested in it. And that's one of the reasons I became myself a researcher. Now, I don't expect that every undergraduate needs to become a researcher. But I would like that every undergraduate from an early stage in their, their time here at the university knows that UE does research, knows that their, their lecturers do research, understands what impact that has in, in real life and society and understands some of the, the ways of doing research so that they can, if they want to, start to, to undertake research themselves, either at undergraduate level or perhaps going further. I want to raise that awareness um, and so that thinking of more creative ways than introducing a dissertation topic that's that's my interest and uh, I've chosen some contributors to come um, later on in this series who I hope will shed some light on how they are doing that because I think for staff finding really practical ways um, of, of knowing how they could make a difference for their undergraduate students not just by occasionally mentioning their research uh, as part of a, a throwaway comment in the lecture. Jeanette? Yeah, I think it's a really good point and it's it's so great when you can inspire your students to pick up research themselves, right? And first year students quite often go, well, I have no idea about the subject matter. How could I even start doing research? But first year students are perfect for it because they're still ambitious and they're still maybe in a way sometimes a bit naive about what research can achieve. So starting with, this, with research from the very early days is actually a really good idea. Just outlining a few of the things that you may have done or others may have done that, that are relevant to the subject matter and then for students to explore what they're going to learn through their own research. In linguistics, there, there are various ways, um, and uh, many years ago I led a programme review about this where we, where we changed around what students were doing, where they actually started with their own research that then led them to realise they needed to learn about grammar, <laughs> about sounds, etc., in order to be able to then deal with the things they were doing. So, um, so it's, it's really lovely to introduce it quite early on and get people inspired and then carry that on through the next um, few years uh, and then up to those dissertation topics that may or may not be within that area or a different area because once students have built up those research skills, they'll get ideas and they'll start to see connections between the different elements of what they're learning. I think this is a really important point that we can engage students with research from first year and indeed we should engage students from, from the first year. And I think often when I talk to colleagues, the um, what might be a hindrance in the way they think about engaging first-year students is when they place first-year students are too inexperienced to engage with research. And I often talk about, are we talking about research with a small R or a big R? Because um, 
these days when people think about research, we almost define it as a referable research and the, the depth of, of that. Whereas um, there is a paper by Bruin Bout from um, a while back, I think 1995, when they talk about the it's easier to link research and teaching when you think about the research process, engaging students with the research process and aspects of research that allows that early engagement and early inspiration by the, of the students, um, as you just described, Jeanette. I think it's it's great to to support students through um through their time with us um in in their research endeavors and you know what you can do at level 1 um in their first year may be quite different from what you can do later on but by building up research as something normal as something that is behind everything you can really um you can really go further Catherine Yes it struck me um an experience I've had fairly recently over the last two or three years is working with the um, engineering design and maths department here at UWE, um, moving to a problem-based learning type curriculum. And as part of that process, uh, we spent some time visiting other universities who, who really take part in a sort of PBL um, style of teaching. And one of those is uh, University College London, where their whole engineering school, which is, I think, 11 departments, has thoroughly embraced problem-based learning um, and they start with research questions right from the very beginning for their first year students and um, when I went there to uh, I spent a week with them um, visiting different parts of the uh, university and talking with staff and students talked to some first year students who who'd been given a project right at the beginning to find out more about what research was was happening in their department and they they were tasked with going and talking to some um, postdocs who were working on a medical engineering research project and really trying to understand what they were doing. And then their task was to write a, a report of that, of what they'd done. And that got them right at the beginning, understanding that UCL is a world leader in medical research. The medical research postdocs loved it because they were talking to people who really wanted to learn more about the work that they were doing. Um, and I think it's, it's, a kind of fairly easy example of something that you could do with first year students um, or any level but certainly first year students is to get them as a as an assessment task to go and find out about the research and explore that and right from the beginning you've got them engaged in understanding what the importance of research is for me i suppose as a very practical person i'm always looking at for practical examples of of where we can do things and i'm hoping that from the, the discussions we're going to have, and we've, um, it's really good to have Petia with us, who's got more of a, a background in the scholarship of this area, can give us some more theoretical background. For, because for me, I'm just a bit of a, uh, an experimenter. I go out and try stuff and see if it works. And um, I know it doesn't. I hit it with a hammer until it does. You know, that's, uh, that's sort of the engineering and maths point of view. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've got such a range of people here that I think we'll be able to get some more more theoretical underpinning that will help me, but also some more practical examples that may help us uh, and colleagues who might listen to, to implement them. Petia. This reminds me, um, early on in my work around research-informed teaching, I did a, a piece of research around comparing staff and student conceptions of research. Um, and what I found was that, of course, when staff talk about research, 
we talk about our passions. We typically research what we're passionate about, whether it's our teaching and learning or whether it's our disciplinary research practice. Um, and also um, academic members of staff talked about not only their personal passions, but the application, the importance of this re research um, in, in real life, which is what you just talked about. And for students that was often missing, except when research did have a personal. So I, I interviewed one student who did have um, a, a real passion about her, her dissertation. And she was also, she knew the research was of its time, followed her interest, and she could see the application in research. And, and that um, small research in, in kind of inspired our junior research institute's agenda and our, our authentic um, assessment agenda, although we didn't call it that at the time, because of the, the, the richness that that could bring to, 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 the, to the students. And, and the engineering curriculum is exactly that. You show you you allow students to pursue interests, I, I assume, in the dissertations. But I also know from the um, the, the big projects that uh, that the colleagues are doing that it showcases that application um, of research to practice from the very beginning. And, and I think what what's currently happening in, in EDM is, is 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 really outstanding in that respect. I was just going to pick up the idea of uh, of students and and how how students understand research informed teaching and that's certainly one of the topics that I was hoping to pick up uh, later on in one of the podcast um, series uh, is that question of do students recognise the research informed teaching uh, what bits of research or what parts of research informed teaching do they value um, I think there are a lot of interesting questions. Uh, that we could ask of our students and and I'm hoping certainly to uh, bring a student on to discuss their perspective as well as the staff perspective. Thanks Emma. So just to um, bring these things together we, we've introduced what we're interested in and and the issues that we'd like to explore further over the next uh, few episodes. So our plan for this series is that each of us has um, invited a couple of people that we'd like to involve in a conversation around research and teaching. Um, we're trying to make sure that we do have student input, so I think a couple of us certainly will have students in our discussion groups. And then each of us will lead a conversation with our guests around their experience of research-informed teaching and teaching-informed research, whatever the, the particular subject is that we are most passionate about exploring in this series. And then we will put those together with a little bit of an introduction from Petya and myself, trying to set that in a context. Jeanette, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you've invited and, and why? Yeah, so um, I thought about this for quite a while. And um, because I have a number of uh, former students who have gone on to do PhDs and go into academia, um, I've got various students having done very different careers. Um, one student, uh, so former student and alumna stands out because she was always extremely ambitious, extremely hardworking, had a lot of good ideas and really put them to practice. So her name is Mariam BB Bam and um, she'll join me in uh, the podcast um, that I'll be running. Um, she's got a really interesting background in, in both uh, research and teaching, currently working at a primary school, uh, including her research in, in her current work. The other uh, guest I have is Myra Evans. Uh, she is a fellow director uh, in my faculty. She oversees equality, diversity and also um, employability. 
She's currently working on research-informed teaching within the faculty, uh, but at the same time, she comes from practice and has gone into research. So it's going to be really interesting to see her perspective on things uh, and bring those two people together. Uh, very much looking forward to that. How about you, Emma? I'm planning to explore the ways in which dissertation students can help teaching staff become research active. So I'm going to look at it from the perspective of people who primarily consider themselves teachers um, and how they can work with dissertation students to think through um, research trajectories of their own. But I will also be um, involving a student who has gone through a dissertation at undergraduate level, but then a master's and PhD and then gone into to a career. So we're going to have a conversation there that looks at it from both a teaching staff perspective, but also from the perspective of the students and the kind of critical thinking skills that these sorts of projects um, can really develop for our students. So I have invited Professor Matthew Morgan, um, who is currently Deputy Dean and Professor of Renal Medicine and Medical Education to, to talk to us. I um, I know Matthew from uh, or Matt from my uh, days at Birmingham, and what I'm really curious to explore with him is how he balanced his research and his teaching uh, throughout his career that has led him to the, this uh, this latest job of, of of his, and and that goes back to to my interest in supporting early career academics identifying their unique mix of research and teaching that would progress the, their career in a way that suits their values and their aspirations and, and their interests. And, and so that's the, the journey that I want to, to, to explore with, with our guests. I've chosen a, a, a former member of staff from UWE who's moved to Birmingham City University. Um, her name is Rachel Sara. She's a professor of architecture at Birmingham City University um, and has you know, a huge interest in teaching and teaching enhanced research and research enhanced teaching. You know, she's a real practitioner who has taken research to, to all levels of students. And um, I'm really excited to hear about her talking about her work. Um, she also got National Teaching Fellowship earlier, um, so last year, 2020. And um, so I think she's got a lot of practical examples that she can tell us about, going back to my, uh, my slight obsession with, with practical examples. I've also invited another colleague from my faculty whose interest is in refugees and migration um, and tourism and how she brings that into her teaching so that her students are really involved right from day one in understanding what benefits research brings. So again, practical examples, but quite far away from my own um, expertise in, in maths and engineering. Um, so you know, my hard nosed facts and uh, experimenting type of brain. These are these are social scientists on the whole and I, I'm really interested to hear about how they work with students to enhance their their research. So um, I think we're probably coming to a close in our discussion now. Thank you very much to Jeanette, Petia and Emma um, for today's session and also for their um, upcoming contribution to a, a podcast episode in this series. I'd also like to thank Andrew Glester from the Science Comms Unit, who is helping us with his technical expertise in uh, recording and, and editing these podcasts. And I know that there are other colleagues in learning innovation who are coming alongside 
perhaps to find out a little bit more about how, how the process of recording a podcast um, works so that they can learn from that. So uh, thank you very much, everybody. Um, it's been fun and interesting in all the prep that we've done to get to this point. And uh, I look forward to many more fruitful conversations. So thanks all.